Welcome, welcome, welcome. We are so excited tonight. Uh, we have our special edition show coming up of the Grouchies. Uh, but before we get started, we wanted to say thank you. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for checking us out and sending us your questions and your, uh, your movie uh, thoughts as well. Uh, we love hearing that. Um, before we get started into all of the Grouchies, we wanted to remind you that we have a letterbox, which if you don't know what Letterboxd is, we're going to give it a little bit of a plug right now. Uh, Letterboxd is a system that you can plug in all of your movies that you watch and you can rate them and share them with your friends. But we've made an account and we put all of the movies that we've watched so far and we put our ratings in there collectively as a group. And so you can follow us. Just look up MCFC or Movie Cinema Film Club. You'll find us on there. Uh, we're also going to have that link in our uh, in our bio and in the notes of this podcast episode. So go check that out. Now let's get on to the grouchies. Yeah. Woo! What a grouchy season. We're so excited. Uh, this is our, our big annual, uh, I guess, uh, get together where we do our awards banquet. We have some cocktails, we dress up and we talk about uh the best and worst of the year so the way this is going to play out is like this the oscars is obviously the best of the best and we do some of that here in the grouchies but more than that we create our own categories we create our own ridiculousness and uh we're really excited to take you on that journey so uh without further ado we're going to do things a little bit different than the oscars do in saying that they wait till the very end at 11.59 and they're playing the orchestra out and then you get to know what the best picture of the year is. But we're going to start right out of the gate. What is the best picture? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and call on you guys, okay? Great. Ian, what's your best picture of the year? Well, hey, uh, it's great to be here and just cheers to Movie Cinema Film Club. What a year. Cheers. Mm -hmm. uh, my best picture for the past year of this club I'm going with a controversial pick, 1964's, directed by Hiroshi Teshigahara, Woman in the Dunes, an Ooh. MCFC lost episode. Uh, but hey, folks. Wow. Uh, probably my favorite movie of past year was Woman in the Dunes. Why was that episode lost, Ian? <laughs> what happened? Well, you know. Yeah, well, um, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> it's, not, it's unfortunate. Women, Woman in the Dunes was a great, spectacular movie. We Absolutely. highly re recommend you go see it. Uh, we didn't record that episode on accident, uh, mostly in the Texas area, but like we didn't record that episode. So unfortunately, it will not be released, but it is a fantastic movie. So well, check that out. Woman well, what, hap what happened was... No, no, no. no. Nope. You've had your time, Ian. Brittany. Yes. Brit Brittany, what was, your, what was your best picture? This should come as no surprise to you all since it is the only legitimate race of a 10 in MCFC <laughs> history and my best picture of the year goes to M from 1931. Wow. Uh. Uh. <laughs> Throw it up. What a Throw fantastic movie. Mm. Fantastic movie by uh, Fritz Lang, right? Yep. Correct. Oh. Uh, 
well, I think you'll both be surprised that my favorite movie was The Searchers. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> my favorite movie, my, my favorite movie of the year was actually also M. I really yeah. thought that was a fantastic movie. It, it deserved the high rating that it got. An honorable mention, if I if I would say a close second for me personally, mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll allow you each to do it as well, uh, was All Night Cinema Long. Cinema parody. Oh, I, <laughs> no, all night. I mean, Cinema Paradiso was amazing, but it had some issues, and and I just thought oh. All Night Long was. Fantastic, well, you gave it so. a ten, so that's interesting that it had yeah. issues. Okay. Well, I'll have a concession stand. Yeah. And wow. Do you guys want to do a close okay. second? We won't do this for every category, but this one I felt like is 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 kind of like up there. Sure, Ian. You know, I didn't uh, really plan a close second, and uh, I just who who selected M. By the way, that was both your favorite picture of the year, but who picked that? No, that, Brittany. That was, that, was, that was you, Ian. Good job. Oh, Good job. oh, oh. Uh, pick. That was your oh, pick. Oh, okay. So that's, that's what you get to talk about. Britt, what was your second? <laughs> um, I think, you know, due to the surprise of it all and how great it was, I might have to go Woman in the Dunes for my close second because mm. that really was so I hear fantastic. That. And I was just like, I've never even heard of this. I mean... What a surprise. What a yeah. surprise that yeah, was. Yeah. Um, all right. Next category. Um, <laughs> Ian, you really want to tell me, don't you? No, but my daily um, for this oh. week is... Oh, God. Shut no, up. No, let's go on to the next category. So <laughs> what's the next He's category? The, he, you, are, you are the Martin Short of uh, awards shows. My goodness. <laughs> um, okay. So the next category is best acting. Uh, Brittany, what was your best acting of the year? Uh, yes, best acting. I I thought about this one a lot because we've seen a lot of amazing films, uh, with mm-hmm. a lot of amazing acting. But I think due to the range that was portrayed in this role and the excellence at every facet of that, I give it to Agatha Roussel from Titan or Titan, if you are a you know, mm. of the French persuasion. I just thought she mm. she knocked it out of the park in, you know, scenes that were terrifying, scenes that were heartfelt, scenes that were funny. I mean, it just, that movie is is a, an insane train ride to hell and back. And, and I thought she was amazing in, in all of it. Yeah. Great yeah. pick. Great pick. Ian. Um, my pick is... You know, I had to go with my gut on this, and I found myself surprised, but I picked Humphrey Bogart because when we watched wow. Treasure of the Sierra Madre, it changed my thoughts about him as an actor, and it really, when he went dark, when he went evil, I was like, oh, this is not some guy who's just cast in every leading role in the 1940s yeah. and 50s as like the hunky heartthrob or whatever. It's like, oh, like sure. he's incredible. Because we saw him yeah. in Sabrina. We saw him in Casablanca. And then we watched him in Treasure of the Sierra Madre. And I was like, this guy's got chops. So there's a reason why we're still talking about him 80 years later. So For sure. Humph- Humphrey yeah, Bogart. That's a good pick. Yeah. Um, I picked, uh, this is kind of a, I, I'm surprised that I picked it myself. But I picked J.K. Simmons from Whiplash. Oh. I think that. I think that his intensity in that film uh, still rattles my bones a little bit. And, and I agree with both of your picks. It almost, I'm like, I'm jealous that I can't have three picks or four picks or, <laughs> you know, but there has to be a winner. And for me, J.K. Simmons in that role uh, will forever scare me to my bones of that, that teacher person who is 
not only like intense but vindictive and mm-hmm. and, and that i just thought he was like fucking unbelievable that, that film is unbelievable but that role was really the best of the movies that i i thought we watched there's so many honorable mentions we can't even get to the yeah. entire cast of boogie nights i mean fuck but like uh yeah so that's mine uh next category is best supporting actor or acting how about i go first and i'm gonna tell you this is where it's gonna get wacky uh best supporting acting for me was mara hobel who played the youngest daughter in mommy dearest <laughs> shut the fuck up shut the fuck. yep oh yep. Marion. Best... night okay. listen the okay. best her wow. her ability to get her hair brushed in such an intense way <laughs> and cry on cue was believable and that's the best supporting acting i've seen all year how about you ian well i was torn on this uh there was many actors that i really wanted to give and i the supporting actor category is kind of bullshit to me because it's like mm-hmm. are you just less in the movie i mean i guess i don't know how they define right. it and what percentage but i think this is retribution for a snub at the oscars last year i gave it to lakeith stanfield for his role as wild bill in judas and the black messiah <laughs> oh wow wow nice. wow nice interesting i love interesting. me some lakeith that's great yes yeah he's awesome he's amazing <laughs> how about Pretty. you brit uh, well, because uh, this is funny, because the definition of supporting acting is a little murky, um, I picked J.K. Simmons in Whiplash because I kind of feel, you know, the movie was really of yeah. a kid was the main character. I think he actually did yeah. win in the real world uh, an Oscar for <laughs> best supporting actor for that role. I'm pretty sure uh, somebody look it up. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> the, I, you know, everything Bo said in the last category he, that it, like, I'm pretty sure I had nightmares about him being my teacher after mm. watching that movie. So, yeah, I can imagine that person being in almost every single creative field, whether it be uh, as a chef, uh, as a painter, as a creative director, as a musician, as he was. And it's just like, this person exists. They Absolutely. do. And it was so, it was so, yeah. Go ahead, Ian. No, and I promise, because it's going to be a really long show. Uh, one, yeah, I promise not to ramble on about this. But Whiplash <laughs> probably would have been maybe like my second favorite movie in terms of honorable mention last year. And I don't know if y'all have had that, but on that point, anytime... And this is, just happened last week, but I met someone who was uh, talking about being in jazz band in high school. I was like, I'm always like, have you seen Whiplash? They're like, yep, that was 100% my teacher. And the number of people that like, just like, wow. yep, they, he didn't hit me, but like, that was that guy. And everybody kind of <laughs> has that story of like, Dang. somewhere again in the creative world. So that's why I think uh, Damien Chazelle, I think like what a perfect movie uh, and yeah. perfect character that everyone can identify with. Mm-hmm. Well, and he's gone on to make other things that are really relatable. Like, like I thought La La Land was also re- very le- relatable in yeah. the sense of like what it's like to be in a relationship and what it's like to be going for a dream. And sometimes that doesn't mean you both go to it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, we're going on to the next category. Best director. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and spit it out. Okay. okay. It's really it. hard for me. It's really hard for me to uh, give best director to anybody other than the one and only P.T. Anderson, because that's who deserves it. Uh, (laughs) Not only is it a great director on Boogie Nights, and and I know this category is only for this movie, but like I gave it to him for all the movies. 
He's amazing. And that, that's what I feel. How about you, Ian? Well, my jaw is on the floor. Wow. What a surprise. <laughs> wow. But I shouldn't be surprised. You're a big PT fan. Um, I went with, in accordance with our number one movie of the year, but M, directed by Fritz Lang. I went with Fritz Lang. What a pioneer. What a visionary. And yeah. also, you know, after seeing M, I went to the local Texas theater and saw Metropolis for the first time. Shout out Texas theater. But they had a Friday night screening of Metropolis, which also blew my mind. And I was like, this guy's brilliant. Uh, so Fritz Lang for the win. Nice. That's, that's awesome. How about you, Britt? Uh, I did consider Boogie Nights your boy PT because I do feel like that movie is such a triumph of directing. Mm. But uh, mm -hmm. in the end, I'm on side of Ian. I went with Fritz Lang for M because, yeah, when you factor in the time that that came out, that movie's already impressive, but just like, holy fuck, how did that person exist? I don't understand You're right. it. Um, you guys yeah, are right. I, I just, it, it, it's almost like uh, when people vote for their family and not for who should sure. be. Who we should know be the that winner. P.T. Anders' I, I, dick yeah. is eternally in your mouth. That's fine. That's fine. It's <laughs> oh, well no. deserved. No, well, well, what was the line in Boogie Nights that they got wrong? Is like, oh, my, wife's my wife's dick uh, is in his ass. My wife's yeah, my dick is in his ass. My or, wife's got a, an ass in her cock ass. in the driveway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So, most cringeworthy scene. Ian. Well, uh, there were many to pick from. But uh, there was one in particular, or several, uh, from all the self-abortion attempts and never, rarely, sometimes, always, really mm -hmm. made me quite uncomfortable, whether it was the heating of a safety pin, which I thought was going somewhere that was not her nose, uh, or the <laughs> punching of one's stomach. But uh, yeah, mm. all those moments and never, rarely, sometimes, always made me squirm mm. in my seat. Uh, I'm going to go next, uh, and I'm going to say the most cringeworthy scene for me was every single scene in Grey Gardens. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Every single scene. I, I was looking at it, I was like, well, which scene would I pick specifically? And I was like, the house, every shot, every, every moment, every single moment of that scene was so cringeworthy. It made me hurt inside. Not only because I was like, I would never want to live there. I wouldn't want to know these people. I wouldn't want to be related to these people. It was just like, it was just like insane. So that's mine. How Great about pick. you, Brittany? Uh, well, and, and this is where you know that Bo and I are a good match because I also went with all of Grey Gardens. Um, initially, I did. I, you know, uh, Ian's never, rarely, sometimes, always did flash in my mind. And so did a lot of things mm -hmm. from Titan. But I was just like, those all pale in comparison to the uh that hour and 40 minute long scene that is <laughs> gray gardens <laughs> Brit, i'm really it's uh, insane you know i just if you don't mind quick synopsis of that film just because that was still pre-mcfc but a breakdown for our listeners on what gray gardens is oh gray gardens let's see um this is the story of two people with a roster of psychological issues that we don't have time to list uh who basically just peck each other to death over the course of a film documentary <laughs> and they're 
they're both rich rich women in an old house that's falling apart yes yeah yes uh everyone's that. worst nightmare of being hermits recluses the gallons hoarders. of ice cream hoarders raccoons oh, relation to jackie onassis uh it's a mess it's a it's a mess go go check it out today <laughs> I yeah, lost go my get it scarf. right now. Go get it. It fell to the bottom. I'll never see it again. <laughs> <laughs> Bo, what's our next category? Uh, next category <clears throat> is best cameo. Best cameo. Uh, Brittany, why don't yes. you tell us? Well, there are so many to choose from, but for me, the one that stole my heart uh, goes to none other than the goat from Boy. <laughs> Because not only was that a surprise that he even was a character in a certain way in the film, other than mm. just roaming in the background, mm. he actually was involved yeah. in a pivotal moment. Uh, on top of it, what takes it over the top is that very end end credit scene of him yeah, walking yeah. across the Michael Jackson video style yeah. uh, light up floor. Yeah, That goat is where it's at. That's a good one. Yeah. I hope he had That's a good, a good life. One. I assume he's no longer with us. I don't know how, how long goats live. Yeah, but... somebody somebody <laughs> ate him. Yeah. Uh, he was at craft service. He was at craft service two <laughs> days later. Uh, Ian, what do you got for us on you know that? I really struggled with this category, and I went through all the movies that had huge ensemble casts, but I ended up picking the goat in Taika Waititi's Boy. I also picked what? the goat. <laughs> <laughs> wow because wow. of that end 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 credit scene <laughs> that's, that's amazing. amazing ian stop stealing all my fucking picks get out of here yeah Bo. well there's only one person i can give the best cameo to and that's john lurie from paris texas because john lurie's in everything he's in every single movie we've ever watched i swear to god i it's swear true. to god he was in downtown 81. He was in oh, Paris, yeah. Texas. He's in, uh, you know, he's in everything. I yeah. swear to God. I, I John the Baptist. That's why I'm going to call him from now on because he's in every <laughs> picture of Jesus. One of your favorite oh, actors, wow. John Lurie. Yes. I do have to say like my second, my second choice. I was on the, I love the goat. I love that answer. Um, my second answer was uh, Harrison Ford in American Graffiti because it's just awesome to see oh. a young Harrison Ford yeah. roll up in that hot rod and you're like, yeah. oh yeah, he's only in this movie for like 30 seconds or I something. I totally forgot about that. awesome. <laughs> yeah. He's picking up that young girl. <laughs> um, okay. Well, that's kind of the end of our regulars the normies we'll call those the normies uh now we're gonna get into the real wild shit uh but before we do it's time for a commercial break with ian uh well thank you bo another uh we the grouchies of 2022 could not happen without uh the support from our sponsors but before we jump to a commercial break uh there was a couple awards we gave out uh before tonight's show so i'm gonna quickly go through those uh, but first up, uh, there was the Damn Hanky Award for the movie that produced the greatest amount of tears. And congratulations, that award went to Ryan Coogler's Fruitvale Station. If you want oh. to cry a lot, mm. go watch Fruitvale Station. Congratulations, Ryan Coogler. Also, uh, we gave out the Pizzagate Award for the biggest <laughs> conspiracy theorists. And that award went to Richard Dreyfuss uh, for his portrayal of Roy Neary in Close Encounters of the Third Kind. <laughs> 
Congratulations, Richard. Uh, avoid the capital. Uh, and then uh, finally, um, we also gave out the Dude Award, a.k.a. the Lebowski, to the character we would most want to party with. And that award was given to Walter Houston for his portrayal of Howard in The Treasure of the Sierra Madre. <laughs> Let's have a tequila sunrise soon, Walter. Congratulations, Walter. Wow. Uh, uh, so many more awards. Can't wait for the rest of the show tonight, but a quick uh, commercial break with our sponsors. Unnecessary hair covering your whole body. Need to clean up your pubic area before another abortion like in never, rarely, sometimes, always. Or perhaps you need to go incognito and shave your head like a Gethrusel in Tatan. But... Who can you trust for such an important task? Well, look no further than your grandpappy's medicine cabinet and turn to your old friend, Barbasol. That's right. For over 100 years, Barbasol has been there for your hair removal needs. So the next time you need to lather up or smuggle out some dino DNA, Dennis, look no further than Barbasol. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Barbasol, for your continued support of the Grouchy Awards. And we're going to continue tonight's show <laughs> with our next categories. I'm going to take over uh, the hosting duties right now for Bo. And our next award that we're going to present is Good Then, Bad Now. Uh, Bo, who did you select for Good Then, Bad Now? This is so easy. Lawrence of Arabia, right out of the gate. Uh, good then, bad now. Good then, bad now. Uh, a lot of people say it was it's one of the greatest movies of all time. Garbage. Wow. Uh, <laughs> coming out hot. Britt, what did you pick for good then, bad now? I couldn't agree more. I think Lawrence of Arabia is the epitome of something that not only is garbage now, but I in watching it i can see why people would have liked it all those years ago uh but no get rid of it we're done we're done lawrence well well bo brit i don't know if there's a full moon right now but it just doesn't happen very often but it's our first grouchy of the night all three of us Picked Lawrence of Arabia. Good then, bad now. A cheers. Cheers. Oh, nice. Fuck that. So we are so synced up. You know, it was an epic film, and there was a time and place where watching a three and a half hour fucking historical piece was cool. Yeah, it doesn't hold up. Uh, not that great. All right. Awesome. Uh, I also picked Lawrence of Arabia. Uh, now it's time <laughs> for our worst picks. Each of us are going to select Bo's worst pick, Brit's worst pick, and my worst pick. Britty. Yes. Let me hear it. What did you think was each of our worst picks? Okay. Now, uh, it would have been easy to just go to the bottom of our document and see which one was rated the worst. But, you know, sometimes the ones that are rated the worst have provided great conversation um, and, and still an entertaining time. So my uh, measure of this is a little bit different maybe than your guys's. But uh, for Bo, your worst pick, without a doubt, was Colossal. Uh, that movie was absolute garbage. It wasn't even so bad. It was good. It was just bad. Um, really just felt like a complete waste of time. Uh, Ian, for you, I have to go as fun of a journey as this all was, 
uh, in one week. Um, Nymphomaniac part two. Um, part one, you know, was an interesting film in some ways, but part two truly uh, just made me want to claw my eyeballs out. Um, so yeah. that's... Yeah. That's Good something pick. you're going to need to make up for one day. Uh, and for me, I don't think it will come as a surprise. My worst pick was what happened was, uh, which uh, while I was watching it, I just wish that I could have erased myself from this world. I was just so sad that I had picked it. I was sad that I had put you guys through that. Uh, and I was sad that while I was thinking that it still wasn't over somehow, it just kept going. And I don't think it was very long. I think that one was like hour and a half ish or something. It felt like yeah, four. Yeah. Uh, unbearably <laughs> long. Unbearable. Yeah, just just real torture. So uh, my apologies. And I will try to do better in this grouchy season. Well, I'm going to jump in real quick because, Britt, I agree with you. Poe's worst pick was definitely Colossal. What a heap of trash by Nacho Vigilante. What's his name? I don't know. Uh, but something, uh, something Nacho's Belgrande or something. That's the only, I think that's the only movie that you've picked that I was like, I don't know if I can get through this. Like, this is the only one. Hey, in my defense, I remember saying, hey, have you watched it yet? And I was like, I want to scratch it. I want to scratch it. And then it was like, nope, you can't scratch it. We got to watch it. And I was like, okay. But I saw it and I was like, oh, this is a heap of garbage. I don't even <laughs> want to put you guys through this. I didn't want to put you through it. I really didn't. Well, um, yeah. hey, it wanted a grouchy. So congratulations. Uh, Britt, your worst pick. I agree with you. It's not necessarily the lowest scored, but my oh my. Did I hate Lucky Grandma? That was hard <laughs> to get through. Uh, I yeah, I, we don't have enough of a show to to go down how much I hated Lucky That's Grandma. Fine. That's mm. fine. Uh, and mm. my worst pick, I'm gonna go with my gut on this. You're gonna, I'm gonna say American Graffiti. Now, before the uh, the reaction. The reason I felt it was my worst pick, it was very safe, and I just kind of mm. mailed it in that week. Like, oh, and I feel like I was doing both of you a disservice. It's not a bad movie, but it's also, and I looked back at our ratings, like, it's a seven. It's very just like, yeah. bleh. And I mm. feel like we did this cr club, like, I want to take more risks. I want to either pick mm -hmm. the more obscure art house. I want to pick the more, like, intense, like, whoa, uh classics that we needed to watch and it was this was just kind of like this is fun and i know you're gonna like be entertained and so that's why i was like ah that was i just i half-assed it so that's why it was my worst pick okay Bo, the king of sting oh. <laughs> the king of sting here we go uh well i'm gonna be straight with you guys um there's a reason we're friends there's a reason and although we vary on our decision making when it comes time to pick films or even rate films uh when it comes time to the grouchies we seem to agree i'm going to be honest and saying that my worst pick was colossal hands down i was dreading i was dreading the night um <laughs> brit 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 your worst film by far and i wanted to 
poked my eyeballs out was Lucky Grandma. I thought it was the like the one of the worst like B B fucking movies. I was like, where did you get this on Amazon Prime like a members only like area? It's like this and Watermelon Man. I was like, holy fuck. Um, Ian, your worst film. To me, the one that I just really was like, ah, but I mean, it's not your fault. I mean, once you start the first one, you got to finish with the second one. But Nymphomaniac Part Two was like really bad. Yeah, really bad. You know, I I, I can't imagine a, a a worse ending for that four hour or five hour ordeal. Like I just was like, this is garbage. And anyway. by ending, you mean the entire second half, right? Yeah. Okay. I'll I'll confess that I you know I was trying to get a little uh, you know obscure with the American graffiti thing. Nymphomaniac Volume Two was gar- uh, awful, and and to commit to five hours of your life for that ending, I couldn't agree more. Like, it's it should be removed from the spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, <laughs> wow, we did see some. Just heaps of shit. But sticking along that line, our next category, just to change it up a little bit, is our favorite quote, our best line. Uh, Britt, what was your most memorable line from this past year? Uh, Mine is a quote that uh, to this day strikes fear into my heart and is quoted in some way or another pretty often in just my casual existence uh, from Whiplash, uh, which is just not quite my tempo. <laughs> or any, you know, there are, there are a lot of lines within that scene that are similar to that, um, mm. but essentially, yeah, not quite my tempo. <laughs> that yeah. is a fantastic pick sorry that's like i i was that's good oh damn it that was good oh i like that too see i like that too i wish i had picked that because mine's so long-winded uh mine actually is from a movie you're going to see eventually um uh, all about eve and it's a long-winded that's why i love the uh, not on my tempo not not on my tempo it's like i love that quote mine is like it's a conversation between Bertie and Margot. Okay, Bertie is the like the house help or whatever. I don't even know how to tell her. Um, but Bertie says, "Hey, there's a message from the bartender. Does Miss Channing know she ordered domestic gin by mistake?" And then Margot says, and this is the quote: "The only thing I ordered by mistake is the guests. They're domestic too, and they don't care what they drink as long as it burns." And I was like, "That's a fucking hell of a line. Whoever wrote that line is amazing." <laughs> And I felt like it was such a, 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 I don't know if it's a quote, but it's like one of the best lines. How about you, Ian? That's a great line. Well, it probably will, you know, you both know me well enough that this probably will come as no surprise. And one of my favorite things about Film Club is revisiting gems from the past and fi- finding references filtered in pop culture afterwards. Mm. And as much as I love you both, sometimes, you're tearing me apart. <laughs> I thought about that too. I love that. Yes, yeah. from Rebel yeah. Without a Cause, James Dean. You're yeah. tearing me apart. Uh, but he was so not overacted. He well, he overacted, but it was not the worst performance that we saw this past year. No, we saw a lot of pieces of shit. Uh, and our next category is worst performance. 
Which I'm, you know, what? I'm gonna lead this one off. I haven't led one off as the inner Mary host. Uh, <laughs> falling apart. Falling apart. Uh, I am gonna quote Brit on this one because the worst performance I saw this past year was Kirkland Brand Jack Lemon Don Fellows in <laughs> Symbio Psyche Psycho Taxi Plasm Part One. Uh, really? Bef- the, and the reason I picked him, there's that moment where you see him off camera, like talking shit about his co-actress. They're like, "You're you're you're not a good guy. Fuck you." Thanks. But he's also awful. Uh, Don Fellows Symbio Psycho Taxi Plasm Part One. Bo, right. worst, worst performance. Mine was Diana Scarwood, uh, who just happened to be the teenage actress from Mommy Dearest. Oh, uh, yes. Holy oh, fuck. Yes. Yeah. Holy fuck, that was bad. Yeah. That was bad. That was pretty bad. Yeah. That's great, mine. Great pick. Uh, great pick. Uh, okay. <laughs> Britt? Yes. Uh, you know, not everyone can be great at everything. And uh, one thing that we saw in this past year was uh, a little film called Downtown 81. And let me tell you, Jean-Michel Basquiat may be or have been, RIP, uh, a great artist. But holy fuck. I mean, everyone in this movie is awful. But when you add his lack of acting with the horrific dubbing over that was done years later... Uh, uh, yeah, mm. it, I can't imagine anything worse than that, Jean Michel. Yeah, it's so sorry. Bad. Good no. pick. That's a good pick. Good, good pick. <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, uh, the entire cast could have been put into that category. John but now, included. Uh, now uh, we are about to get real wacky with this our is real special with our best fake sequel. So we are brainstorming. Fake sequels to movies that we watched this past year. Uh, Brit. Yes. What is your best fake sequel? All right. Now, don't so- forget that we, we, have, we have the ability to have one and then a synopsis, but then we have honorable mentions. So if you want, you can add a couple more. Just quick fire. Just quick well, fire. Bo says that only because he overprepared, but um, I'm going to give you my Did one. He? Uh, I'm going to take you on a journey. Come with me, if you will, to Fruitvale Station 2022, which is a glimpse into the lives of tech bros scrolling through Twitter as they wait to catch the train into the city. Oh, my God. God. Oh, my God. Britt, that is... Wow. Wow. Just Just drop your mic right now. Wow. That's fucking good. Ooh. Um, I know Bo has a lot of oh, honorable man. mentions, so I'm going to save you for last. My okay. best yeah. fake sequel. Well, two friends hang out, order faux, and talk about society during a global pandemic. In My DoorDash with Andre, the faux might be ordinary, <laughs> but their conversation is anything but. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, that's great. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Oh, man. Bo, what is your best <laughs> fake sequel? And give us all your honorable well, mentions. Okay, so what I'm going to do, I'm going to do the honorable mentions first and then the winner, okay? Ooh, okay. okay. So, so here we go. 
Uh, we've got um, another round two, Irish Goodbye. Okay. <laughs> I've got Fruitvale Station 2, The Next Stop. I've got... <laughs> <laughs> I've got never, rarely, sometimes, always, too, pulling out. Oh I've God. got <laughs> I've got the searchers, too. Keep on searching in the free world. <laughs> and I've got Judas and the Black Messiah's Excellent Adventure. Uh, okay. But those aren't the winners. The winners is the Alpinist, too. All thawed out and nowhere to goal. Now, I said nowhere to goal, G-O-A-L. Now, let me read you the synopsis. <clears throat> this buddy comedy takes place right where Mark andre leaves off only 50 million years from now. When a sad and lonely scientist finds a man frozen, he decides there's nobody better to help him become cool than a frozen man from another time. But, oh, boy, Mark andre is more than the scientist bargains for when it comes to social settings, attention span, and being asked questions. If Mark can warm up to the scientist's plan for picking up chicks by becoming the high school hockey hero, this unlikely duo might just climb their way to popularity and pitch a couple tents on the way. That's the Alpinist 2, all thought out with nowhere to goal. Wow. Wow. Okay, oh, I think we I mean, just call the episode here. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's take a, a, a... Oh, not yet. Not yet for a commercial break. Okay, we have... Uh, oh, my God. Wow. That is... Uh, you really thought this out. You Have you storyboarded I mean, it yet? Movie. Have hey, you? hey, hey. This is, a, this is a movie that should be made. This is a movie that should be made. Well, it, get it's, to work. There's gold. <laughs> Have There's you talked gold even just in the title? Where are you in? <laughs> Nowhere to goal? Where are you in pre-production? Um, <laughs> no, that we just uh, got greenlit. We just got greenlit. Nice, <sighs> wonderful. Well, uh, we have two more categories before we jump to commercial break. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, really quickly, worst director. I mean, should we just say it in unison? But uh, Bo, who was your worst director? Oh, really? You think we're all the same? Yeah. Because I don't think so. Uh, mine was Tom Noonan from What Happened Was. It's good. Because I Fair. felt like he had so many opportunities to not do this film. It was a stage play that he wrote and acted in, and he still went ahead and directed this film. Fuck that guy. I don't like Tom Noonan. He's a piece of shit. All right. I mean, is Tom, that a personal not... story there? That... <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're never invited to the show. Uh <laughs> Brit, I think who that's is your all worst... the reason we should have him on. Worst director. Who is your worst director? Uh, due to the absolute steaming pile of garbage that this movie was, um, not only in acting, story, um, just, I mean, basically every way imaginable, um, Nicholas Ray for Rebel Without a Cause... Wow. I don't think there was anything else this year wow. that was so lost in terms of direction to go from, you know, uh, a guy flying off of a cliff to his girlfriend three seconds later going, <laughs> but you're cute. I mean, it was just <laughs> yeah. a mess in every way. Fuck you, Nicholas Ray. You're an awful director. I don't even know what else he did. I don't care. I don't want to see it. Ian. Hey. Well, Tom, <laughs> Nick, uh, 
Bo, I feel like you made a reference to a 90s film earlier, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. And my worst director, while he might be a very talented artist, directing might not be his forte. William Bill Greaves for Simbo Psycho Taxi Plasm. <laughs> oh, yes. one. You're right. You're right. Which, That's actually, he is the worst director. He is the worst director. And You're right. You win. In terms of getting the most out of Wood's cast and actors, <laughs> coordinating cinematography, light, sound, everything, you failed. <laughs> My friend, you failed. You might be a nice yep. guy and had a vision. Directing is not one of your skill sets. So, Bill Greaves, <laughs> good luck. Uh, none of you are welcome on the show. And finally, for this <laughs> section, uh, before we cut to another commercial break, um, what was your biggest surprise? Uh, Bo, what was your biggest surprise? Woman in the Dunes, done. Biggest surprise blew me out of the water, thought it was amazing, was really, even while I started the movie, I was like, where's this going? And then by the end of it, I was like, that was fucking fantastic. That was fantastic. And that it wasn't made in the last 30 years is like unbelievable to me. It's just so good and ahead of its time in a lot of ways and so brilliant. Honestly, if you haven't seen it, listener, go watch Woman in the Dunes. Fuck you. Well, hey, well, you if know. You say it, no, wait, wait. If you say fuck you after you say, like, go do this thing, then they really go, wow, he really spoke to me and he was kind of mad about it. It's like, they're going to go do it. That's good. Yeah, that's your homework until next episode. Um, I'm going to uh, provide my answer for biggest surprise. And uh, I feel like people misunderstand early sci-fi is really good. And the thing, 1982's mm. John Carpenter blew me away. Great pick, Bo. Again, you, you have this period of time where sci-fi is like really well-written stories. Alien, uh, Terminator 1 and 2, Blade Runner. Like all these movies that are like fantastic yep. films that I think sometimes are stereotyped as dumb, big Hollywood blockbusters. But the thing yeah. is awesome. I had no expectations yeah. for it, and it blew me away. Great pick, The Thing. John Carpenter. Britt, what was your biggest surprise? Uh, I will, just very quickly, um, uh, part of the reason I agree The Thing was a great surprise, and part of that was because Bo told me ahead of time, and I knew nothing about it really, other than the genre, uh, he said, turn off all the lights and make yourself some popcorn. And I think it was like, I probably put it on at like 10.30 at night, Summer, and I was just like, I was like up late and chopping my popcorn in the dark. And I was just like, yes, like that was just an amazing experience. So bravo to uh, Carpenter and the thing. Uh, but my pick uh, for biggest surprise was also woman in the dunes. Um, nice. I don't need to repeat anything Bo said, but uh, I will say honorable mention was also odd man out. Both of those oh. Were, oh. were films that I knew nothing about, went in totally blind, and was completely just flabbergasted by. Yeah, that's awesome. Woman of the Dunes, doing great at the Grouchies this year. Who knew? Yeah, uh, sweeping. Real dark that horse, woman. yeah. All right, well, uh, great job on those awards, and let's cut to a commercial break. Britt, do you mind taking us away? I would love to, uh, but before we hear anything from our lovely sponsors this evening, uh, we do have some other awards we gave out earlier before the recording uh, that we want to recognize. Uh, first of which is 
best practical effects, which goes to none other than The Thing. What a triumph. Uh, congratulations. Uh, the next award, uh, you can't have an award show without this one, which is the worst use of Tim Robbins. And that <laughs> award goes to Bull Durham. <laughs> <laughs> Respect. Uh, and then of course we have the award for the most inconceivably inconsistent ratings which goes to our house favorite ian uh just to drive that point home and i love that this came up earlier uh just for some examples ian rated day trippers a three bull durham a five and Nymphomaniac Part 2, a six. So I'm just going to give everyone a moment to wrap their brains around whatever that was. I don't uh, need a moment. I saw those ratings, <laughs> and I know it's bullshit. I know it's bullshit. He's all over the place. I'm surprised those are whole number. I'm surprised they are like rounded like six. Why aren't they 6.1 or 6.9? I'm uh, sorry. Or, I, or, I, yeah. I'm just stunned. I never thought I'd win a grouchy. I'm just I'm well, so happy right it's now. It's not a good one. It's not a good one. But, you know, you we all, we all get that? what we get. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, you're welcome. I'm, I'm glad uh, that you were a winner tonight. And now let's hear a word from our sponsors. Are you tired of being stuck indoors? Spending every waking moment in the same small, crumbling room? Do you need a way to escape the shame you feel whenever you look at your hideous baby that just won't stop crying? Then you need the nanny cam. With nanny cam, you can leave that abomination swaddled up tight and step out for some fresh air without worry. Nanny cam lets you get on with your life while providing the reassurance that your baby is still just as miserable as it was before you left because there's absolutely nothing you can do for that thing. Nanny cam for when you need to get the fuck out of that room. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. I love that. I love it. I love it. <laughs> All <sighs> right. And we're back for the third leg of this wonderful whatever this is. Uh, our next category we're calling critically ashamed. And that is a situation where the critics seem to be having a stroke fest over a film. And we find ourselves um, somewhat confused by that. Um, Bo, what is your pick? For critically ashamed. 100% Bull Durham. <laughs> it got such good ratings. People were saying that it was a great film, blah, blah, Americana, this and that, and baseball. And I was like, I fucking hated this film. I, I wanted this film to be done so much. Um, I think if I was like a, a douchebag that grew up in the 70s and was like fully adult in the 80s, I'd be like, yeah, Bull Durham, baseball and pussy. But like, I don't want anything to do with this fucking film. I think it's garbage. All those things. Critically ashamed. Great. You should I mean, be you should be critically ashamed, critics. Ian. You, uh, you know, I will agree with Bo in that people often describe it as the greatest sports movie of all time. And uh, <sighs> No, not at not at all. Well, everybody um, knows that's major league. That's major league. Well, with, with uh, 
Charlie Sheen. <laughs> Uh, we, 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 I feel like we've, we've been waiting for this moment all show. Oh. Yeah. And my pick for the recipient of Critically Ashamed is The Searchers. Come on, folks. <laughs> Come on. No. No, you're wrong. Both AFI listed it as number 12 <laughs> of their greatest movies of the all time. Uh, well, I think they got it wrong, but maybe I'll let Britt let me know what her pick was for Critically Ashamed. Well, uh, first of all, I, I agree with both of you. I didn't realize Bull Durham was even critically acclaimed. That's astonishing. Um, and The Searchers, well, we all know how I feel about that. Um, so good pick, Ian. But my pick actually is The Passion of Joan of Arc. Because that is, to this day, lauded as one of not only the greatest silent films of all time, one of the greatest films of all time. Everyone goes on and on about the amazing acting and all of this, and I found it um, nearly unwatchable. I thought that it was just atrocious, and I don't understand why it is still held in such high regard. but, you know, that's just me. And some of us had 12 years of Catholic school and some of us did not. Maybe that has something to do with it. But <laughs> Wow. Okay. Wow. Okay. Okay. Ian, do you, do you have anything? I mean, you almost pulled all of your hair out while I was saying that. Do you, uh, do you need to say anything? Or <laughs> No, let's just move on to the next okay. category. Great, great, great. Um, the next category, one of my favorites, is Worst Title. Ian, why don't you take us? We've been, uh, again, big winner for tonight's Grouchies, but Tom Noonan's What Happened Was <laughs> dot, dot, dot. <laughs> if you can't figure out the, what to name your movie, well, maybe you should not make that movie, Tom. What, what happened was, I, I, yep, yeah, nothing. Terrible. Nothing. Our mm-hmm. awful title. Yep, yep. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and go next. Cause I feel like I already know what Bose is. Uh, my worst title was symbio psycho taxoplasm take one, uh, because what the fuck is that? Uh, and also what the fuck is that? I mean, it's not a word when you look at the combination 100%. of words, it has nothing to do with what the movie is trying to even be. It just makes no sense. I, it's just ridiculous. And that movie was awful, but I'm glad that it gave us our Kirkland brand, Jack Lemon. So thank you for that. Yes. But what the oh fuck is God, that title? Yes. Bo, what's yours? Well, you know, this might surprise both of you because it's not really what you guys have been saying, but like my worst title was, what happened was because it's, it's garbage. It's fucking garbage. It's such fucking garbage. What happened was is like nothing. Nothing happens. It's garbage. Anyway. Uh, our next category is a very special one to my heart. And so I'm going to take it first. And that is standout inanimate object. Uh, And just to put this into perspective for everyone, because I think it is so important. uh, I think at least two of us last year picked uh, the peach from Call Me By Your Name. 
Uh, just so you know, the type of thing that we're working with, uh, sometimes, sometimes an inanimate object holds a very special place in a film. And for me this year, that was the pumice stones in Good Morning. <laughs> wow. Oh, <laughs> it wow. was, it was wow. directly and indirectly the source of great comedy conflict wow. triumph and failure for all different you know depending on what character you were in that film uh those pumice stones were kind of always somewhere yeah um, that's amazing <laughs> great callback <laughs> ian what's your pick well um i was i i, I was leaning towards another selection which uh was like the drive shaft in Titan, who, um, and but then I was like, well, technically that got a little animated, so it wasn't. Yeah. I mean, it got a little futuristic and kind of came to life, so that doesn't really count. True. But okay. we've been giving a lot of praise tonight. Uh, but Miles Teller's drumsticks in Whiplash. Mm. Yes, yes. Very important yeah, uh, item in that film. Mm-hmm. bloody sure. mr T- teller so yes, but uh, yes, his drumsticks yes. yes that is my pick i like that Bo. uh uh i i picked the car in titan oh. i mean that's okay. what i picked okay. i picked it i i, I thought that, that was an amazing uh, uh usage of that idea so yeah, that, that's yeah. what i picked it's like yeah it's debatable it's like technically an inanimate object but yeah. you know it it, it 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 has some motion in that ocean uh, that's true. That's true. Uh, our next I mean, category. Was that, <laughs> I mean, we could just chalk it all up to really good hydraulics if we wanted to, you know. That's true. That's um, true. <laughs> our next category is the type that we all discuss off camera a lot uh, after we stop recording, which is the most misunderstood film of the year. Uh, Bo. What would you like to defend in this moment? God, I love that I get to defend this first, to be uh. honest. Um, <laughs> don't, don't, don't heavy breath. Don't heavy breath me, okay? Uh, because it's not the searchers. It's not the searchers. So go fuck yourselves. Uh, I feel like the most misunderstood movie of this season uh, was My Dinner with Andre. Mm. I really do. I really felt like there was... There was a lot of conversation that we had, a lot of argument and blah, blah, blah. But like, <laughs> I felt like watching it uh, really opened up and it made me very emotional. It actually made me like you guys less a little bit, to be honest. I felt that. I've yeah. had to build myself. I've had to build mm-hmm. myself back up and I like you again. But like at the time, I was like, how can I have two friends who didn't like this? And I'm still friends with them. I, I don't think I can do that much longer. And then. And then mm-hmm. You guys showed your true faces and you came back and, and now we're in a good place. But my well, and just so you Andre, know, I mean, God. Ian and I got on the phone after that conversation. We were just like, can we still talk to Bo? Like, I don't really, you know, it was a, it was a tough go, but we have slowly built our respect back up for you as well. So I'm, I'm glad that we've gotten I, I this appreciate place. that we could yeah. all come back to a, a, mm-hmm. a level playing field. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm going to go ahead and take next. My most misunderstood film is After Hours. And I just feel like the two of you took that film in such a literal 
way and it was a not in any way we're talking about scorsese here which by the way that is one of bo's scorsese greatest, has flops that, that, scorsese has that is flops. one of bo's greatest defenses of the searchers is that oh it's one of scorsese's favorite films like scorsese is like clearly infallible so you need to like no reconvene no. Okay. on after hours come in without all your bullshit watch it with with an open mind and uh, a flair for insanity and appreciate it for what it is, which is um, absolute ridiculousness and comedy. And it's great. Gross. You guys are wrong. And Ian, what is your most misunderstood film? <laughs> well, I didn't, I didn't think the night was going to go this direction. Uh, I gotta, Loosens gotta tie. Loosen the tie a little bit. Wait, what di- wait, wait, wait. What direction did you think it was gonna go? That's ridiculous. Well. <sighs> Should I have worn pearls so that I could clutch them in this moment? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, what I believe is the most misunderstood film that we watched Mm-hmm. is the passion of the Joan of Arc. <laughs> I truly stand by. Is it a perfect film? No. However, it's doing a lot of incredible things, and I still stand by. It's a silent film. You, you know, it's not a comedy. It's doing a dramatized version. I do think the female lead was very good in that role. And the final scenes of the like the like the burning pyre, like ah, very memorable, iconic. I acknowledge I don't think it's perfect, <laughs> but I do not. I think it's definitely worth watching. And listeners, just go out immediately and watch Passion of Joan of Arc in my home. Oh opinion. my or, god. Or, why would you lead them in, or don't? Why would you lead don't. them down that road? Why why would you do that? You think that, that oh, come on. I didn't expect Brit to Pick it as her most critically ashamed, but <laughs> that's, well, I you know, still think it's a good movie. I think it's a really good movie. I'm happy for you, Ian. Okay. Uh, Thank you. But we're, we're gonna move on. Uh, <laughs> from the realm of the misunderstood, let's go to what is just utterly forgettable. Uh, the most forgettable film of the year. Ian, where did you land on that? I, you know, I, I didn't think the night was going to go like this, but I did. Oh, God. Oh, my God. No. Uh, <laughs> Passion pick, of Joan of Arc. <laughs> no, my pick was, uh, <laughs> you know, we watched a lot of French New Wave, and my pick was Cleo from 5 to 7. I just don't really. Oh. I, I, I don't really remember much about the movie at all. I just hmm. got to like. So that's all. Okay. Okay. Bo. I actually had a split. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you the truth. I had a split okay. between two different movies, Downtown 81 and Lucky Grandma. And the reason I, I say that those films are forgettable is because <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember what happened in Lucky Grandma at all. I just remember being like, this is dumb. This is just fucking dumb. Wow. And then Downtown 81, I was just like, it's just a concert, I think. Wasn't it just a concert? It it's just like a, a yeah. guy going to a bunch of... I'm like... It's forgettable because it's like I don't know what the movie was about on either of those. I really don't know. Wow. Other than like grandma gotten grandma got into some trouble. Oopsies. It's like, but it was so stupid. Okay. 
I'm, well, I I'm, feel like I'm picking. I'm. Pi- I kind of feel like Down you're almost operating on the category of like most stupid, but that's <laughs> that's a different thing. Um, you had a lot uh, of thoughts oh, about lucky I, grandma. Maybe, maybe, that's, that's surprising that you're forgetting it. <laughs> maybe I'd like to have this category be a category I, I would wish could it, mm-hmm. be forgettable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I feel be that. I feel that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, I, for my most forgettable, which really just was something that as I was scrolling through the list of things from the past year, I went like, oh, yeah, I guess we watched that, nah. which was a uh, Sargis such as life. Yeah. I just kind of feel like yeah. that was the epitome of a documentary that just is like, yep, here we are uh, holding up a camera. And this thing is happening in front of it. We have nothing to say about it. It's just like we filmed this thing and then we took that film and here it is on your screen. Like it was just completely like it wasn't Mm -hmm. bad. You know, it's not like they did anything wrong. It just was very forgettable, in my opinion. I'm giving you the like 100% emoji reaction. Like, yeah. 100. 100. Yeah. No, that's, okay. Yeah. That's a good selection. Well, the next category, I feel like the world is not even ready for because I know that we're oh, all. It's not. It's not. <laughs> we're it's all just we chomping at the bit here. This is gonna be. This is gonna be a thing. But uh, follow us on this journey. Explain if you it. Will. Uh, this category is called best mashup, and that is where you take some or part of a title from two different films. In our exhaustive list that we've watched this year, and combine them into something that would, uh, you know, maybe make a ridiculous slash interesting slash I don't know sexy film. Uh, I'm gonna go first because honestly, I feel the least prepared, and I feel like you guys are gonna clean it up after I give you this mess. So uh, we're all going to uh, have some some honorable mentions. And then also our winner for best mashup. So my honorable mentions are as follows. Boogie in the Dunes. Nice. Judas <laughs> and Joan of Arc. Masculine <laughs> Grandma. Nice. Nymphomaniac, nice. Oh, like such as life. Wait. Nice. Um, nymphomaniac, <laughs> such as life. Nice, nice. Uh, and Close Encounters in the Dark. Uh, my, my winner for best mashup, and I will describe it briefly is in the mood for Andre, where we follow Andre Gregory on his journey to sexual enlightenment. As much as I hated, as much as I hated my dinner with Andre, I would truly like to watch in the mood for Andre. Uh, Bo, would you be so kind as to tell us about your best mashups? Yeah. So here are the uh, honorable mentions. Nympho Grandma. Uh, (laughs) Never, rarely, sometimes Sargis. Um, My my dinner with mommy. Um, (laughs) Boogie dearest. (laughs) But the winner, the winner is in the mood for boy. A Chinese man buys a young New Zealand boy and his goat online. (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> oh. Oh my God. Oh. All right. Oh. Well, I'm just gonna get our lawyers on the phone, uh, and in the meantime, <laughs> Ian, please give us your mashups. Well, uh, I have a couple honorable mentions <laughs> that I wrote synopses for all. So if you don't mind bearing with me, uh, yes. overbearing governments are the worst. Feeling misunderstood and disillusioned? Watch a young Fred Hampton find hope and love through political activism. Pressure from the Feds really is tearing him apart. Watch as Daniel Kaluuya stars in Judas Without a Cause. Um, <laughs> my... <laughs> <laughs> my next pick that's great after escaping prison with no job prospects in sight johnny mcqueen needed money after a chance encounter with a man in the film business johnny began performing as an adult entertainer james mason stars in boogeyman out ah! <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> all right, all right. Last honorable mention. Kurt Russell stars in a rom-com where he adjusts to dating after living several years in Arctic isolation. Laugh through all the awkward happy hours as John Carpenter presents The Thing from 5 to 7. <laughs> <laughs> all right that's last great last, last one. Oh, you got one more oh no you got one more okay my winner. winner get 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 the lawyers get the lawyers oh god uh, wes anderson presents a stop motion historical epic the fantastic mr schindler Watched Oscar Schindler establish an underground tunnel system helping the Jews escape concentration camps. Oh There's more. Oh. Goth, Hoss, and Hitler were not one boss and killers. All equally vile, no grace for their files for these atrocious sinners. Okay. Okay. Holy oh shit. Dude. Dude. Honestly. Wow. I couldn't love you guys more in this moment because oh, I thought gosh. that after the boy situation, <laughs> it's like, all right, well, thankfully we can't get any more offensive than that. But then here we are. Here we, here we are. are. And I love here it. We are. Whew. Well, um, I, that got real. That got real. And I'm, I'm feeling a little, I'm feeling a little hot right now. Uh, so why don't really? we just why don't we just take it into our next category, which is biggest hard on. And I don't feel like yeah. I should need to explain that anymore. Uh, if you don't know what a hard on is, you probably shouldn't be listening to this podcast. But um, wow. Wow. <laughs> uh, Ian, what got your dick hard this wow. past year? Uh, lots of things. But um, from from the films that we watched, this might surprise you, but uh, my answer is a young Sybil Shepherd in the last picture show. What a fox. Hey, mm. wow. OK, wow. Surprising. Uh, yeah. Wow. OK. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, huh. I'm not, I, it's not not she's surprising because she's not babe. attractive. Just yeah. Right. She's a young babe, but she also has that like. Texas 
strong woman swagger. Mm. She's got that like. And you are the, you are now a Texan. Yeah. 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 Well, it's, it's true. Shout out Texas Theater. Y'all. Um, <laughs> Bo, tell us about your heart. Uh, well, well, this aligns really well with my Pornhub search, and that is <laughs> incest is best with through a glass darkly. Uh, let's have a brother sister uh, something, uh, and let's just enjoy that. You know what I'm saying? Uh, hey, honestly, I just said like the visual of like. Typing into Pornhub literally everything you just said. <laughs> like, incest is best. Let's have a brother, sister. Bah, 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 bah. <laughs> I hope there is a video for that. Uh, we'll find out after the break. Um, my biggest hard on is a tie, if I may. Um, I'll tell you what I leaned more toward first, which is the anything involving the sand in woman in the dunes and uh if if our listeners know myself or Bo at all uh they probably Mm. know that we fucking hate sand it's awful it shouldn't Mm. exist it's like glitter it never goes away and the fact that this film managed to have multiple scenes where sand was everywhere and it still was sultry and sexy is amazing to me like that it's you can't that doesn't even compute in my brain i'm like i'm turned on and i'm upset at the same Mm -hmm. time it was very confusing um but to go a little bit more um just basic (laughs) can we not forget dirk diggler's flaccid dick being whipped out at the end of boogie nights that flaccid dick gave me a hard on. It's not even real. <laughs> wow. So, wow. You know. Wow. Wow. Sometimes. Wow. Sometimes. Big that's dicks. All you need you know, just is is that's just thing. a big that's dick. Thing. It's a big I mean, old dick. Hey, you know. And, it wasn't uh, the extended. That's, that's why he was a star. It wasn't the therapy. extended ball shot in M that. Uh... Uh, oh, <laughs> you know what? I didn't think of that, but yes, if I could have. <laughs> If I could have a second honorable mention, that up ball shot from under the desk in M. Uh, we talked about it at length, but that was That's not true. only That's that true. was that was not only jarring, but a little bit sexy. You're right. That was <laughs> that was sexy. something of note. Uh, well, we have made it to the part in the show where it is once again time to hear from one of our sponsors, and this next one is going to come to you from Bo. Take it away. Well, before we get to that sponsorship, uh, I first want to talk about uh, a couple awards we gave away before tonight's Grouchies. And so the first one would be the movie I checked how much time was remaining the most on. And that was what happened was I can't imagine. I can't imagine clicking the remote more times than I did during what happened was to find out how long is this going for? Hmm. Dot, dot, dot. Yeah. Um, secondly, we awarded the most ridiculous scene. And the most ridiculous scene goes to everyone and their families at the Griffith Observatory in I <laughs> in Rebel Without a Cause. How did you all get there at the same time? <laughs> that does not make sense. That does not make sense. Even the maid is like, Johnny? Or whatever, you know. It's like so ridiculous. And then uh, our last award we gave away was 
the most argued film within our group was, of course, The Searchers. And that's what mm. it gets. I yeah. still have to defend The Searchers so deeply. You so don't. No one's asking you to. And honestly, it's offensive that you made up this category just so you could bring up The Searchers <laughs> one more time. Please bring us the commercial. <laughs> You know what? I do have a commercial for you. And Brittany, I'm looking you right in your eyeballs. <clears throat> There's nothing more precious in this world than new life. And every parent knows that when they bring a new bundle of joy home for the first time, tensions can be high on what's best on what's the best way to care for them. We know newborns are a lot of work. And sometimes all you need is a moment of rest from the incessant crying. Well, now you can have it. Fisker's quality scissors, super sharp stainless steel blades makes quick work of those special projects you've been wanting to tackle. Scrapbooking? More like baby scrapping. Fisker's quality scissors. <laughs> One stab and you'll know their quality. Okay, it's that time of the show where we get to the last, final, most disgusting, vile piece of shit film that we saw this year that we all agreed on is just the worst and utter mess. And I want to say to you each that I'm so sorry because it's my pick. It is my <laughs> pick. And the grouchy, the biggest, baddest, most disgusting garbage film of the year that we had to watch and endure is none other than mommy dearest and so let's give it up for mommy dearest oh my god what a horrible horrible what mommy a shitty dearest. film that you you yeah you should definitely not watch this film if you have <laughs> because you are playing along with us on the uh, podcast i apologize that's my fault i heard that it was something to watch and then it isn't it really isn't so don't watch it and if you are watching it now because you heard that I said don't watch it, you're my kind of person. Mm -hmm. um, those were the grouchies. Those were the grouchies. We love you. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, any last thoughts from you guys? I can't wait for another year. What a ride. God, we're already halfway through. Let's go. Can't wait for next year. Y'all. Mm Y'all. -hmm. <laughs> Hey, we'll see you next year. We love you, and thank you so much for tuning in. Honestly, we have a lot of great movies coming up, and we can't wait for you to watch them and discuss them with us, even if it's not with us, but like just like at us. So uh, thanks for tuning in to Movie Cinema Film Club. And as always, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. Okay, so it's coming to attractions time, and I've got a couple doozies for you guys. Are you ready? We yeah. Next week, I want to watch The Power of the Dog, starring Benedict Cumberbatch and directed by Jane Campion, and The French Connection, starring Gene Hackman and directed by William Friedkin. So get your motors running, and let's get to it. We'll see you next time. 
Movie Cinema Film Club is brought to you by Shit Show Media. Make sure you check out all of our upcoming movies we'll be talking about on our Instagram at Movie Cinema Film Club. If you have an opinion, a comment, or a movie you think we should watch and discuss, email us at moviecinemafilmclub at gmail.com. This week's episode was written by Ian Chove, Brittany Everett, and me, Bo Hufford, and it was edited by Brittany Everett. Remember, support your local cinema, don't spoil films, be oh so quiet at the movies, and for the love of God, choose to read subtitles and boycott film dubbing. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.